Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. The heyday of communication with people that we used to think were dead was around the turn of the 20th century and for about 20 years after that. And it's not hard to understand why. It was back in the latter part of the 19th century, back before electric lighting, that people would amuse themselves in the evenings by playing with things like sitting in the dark with trance mediums and doing things like table tipping. Developing really good trance mediums took long hours of sitting in dark seance circles night after night after night. And some 60 or 70 years later, I came along and found the books that researchers had written about those physical mediums in dusty old used bookstores. And it was all those old books that reported the amazing results of what those deep trance mediums had been up to and had achieved that first convinced me that the afterlife had to be real. And now, more than a century later, our wonderful, wonderful, beautiful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, and some of his friends have been seeking to duplicate some of the work of those late 19th century and early 20th century physical mediumship pioneers. And we've been following the work of what I think is the most interesting of them all. For close to 15 years, Craig Hogan and his friends have been sitting in a weekly physical mediumship development circle that has actually been achieving some amazing and really remarkable results. Rob Blackburn is with us today for the fourth time. Rob is developing physical media, believe it or not, in the 21st century. He's turned out to be a remarkably gifted transmedium. And Craig tells me that Rob's dedication to the process has been little short of extraordinary. I've been hearing from Craig some of the truly amazing developments that have happened of late in their physical mediumship development circle. And the beings who are not in bodies, these circles, by the way, the, the leaders of these circles are not in bodies. This is amazing. They call their circle the circle of the masters of light. And, and wow, I can't wait to hear what Rob has been up to. So Rob Blackburn, welcome. I'm so happy you're with us today. I'm really honored to be back on Seek Reality. I, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the circle, Roberta. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you've been up to. First, because some people have not heard you, even though you've been here with us before, could you tell us a little bit about what is a development circle and, and what's the process? Well, a development circle, we've gone the traditional route. You know, they take many different forms. There's mental mediumship development circles. There's, and this is a physical mediumship development circle beginning back in 2007 or thereabouts. Um, just, it was, it was on Craig's invitation, a group of people. We all got together to sit. We used uh, traditional methods. We would sit in the dark. We would turn up the music loud and we would sing to the music to raise the vibration and see what would happen, see what kind of physical phenomena might take place. And um, it's gone through 
many different iterations over the years, uh, but for the last seven or eight years, we've had um, a core group of sitters and we've made a lot of progress. So it really demonstrates uh, dedication and devotion to the development circle, which is absolutely necessary. You need to sit once a week, at least once a week, um, and under the right conditions, showing that devotion and dedication, um, there will be real progress. Um, it seems like there are, there will be a, on the other side, if, you know, everything is working out the way it's supposed to, you sort of get, I guess, what you would call patrons on the other side. They will guide that circle. They will make themselves manifest um, through various means and help to lead the circle to in, in its development as they would like, you know, and, and their inner workings are very mysterious. And we've gotten some insight as to, you know, what this particular team is all about. But, you know, this is one team of many, many teams working with people throughout the world. And of course, throughout the ages, they kind of coalesce uh, their direction and their motives around a group of people that are willing to work with them and then develop them, which is uh, actually really a kind of a core philosophy uh, that Craig uh, has talked about for many years and others have as well, that if you, you know, sit uh, devoted, give the time and you are pure of heart in a sense, you know, you, you are opening up yourself, um, your whole self to this development. And there's a lot of trust in there. I mean, there's a lot of trust and they will work with you. And of course you need to have discernment, you know, and you learn as you, as you move along. So these development circles, these intimate groups of close people that learn to love and trust each other in the circle uh, will work with these teams. These teams will work with you and, um, and will move you in directions that are just really just beyond our, our normal understanding of reality and, you know, what we were taught in sort of mainstream uh, thinking, you know, mainstream science where, you know, we're taught uh, you know, reductionist kind of thinking, you know, non-spiritual thinking. And th they turn that whole thing upside down. So they reveal their mysteries as you move forward and you have to have patience. Uh, you know, they won't really do have to have yeah. patience. Yeah. <laughs> you started this 15 years ago. All right, let's set the scene. What kind of music? Well, you we you know music. Oh, that's so funny. So if you talk to development circles, uh, you know, physical development circles, the music is, and I don't know how many really there are, but uh, music is a funny thing because people get bored with the music. They get uh, irritated with the same music again and again and again. But um, a couple of things about the music. So our team, we, well, we went through many different playlists, many different playlists. And uh, the mu music should be traditionally uplifting. If you think back in the 19th century, they, you know, they sang, they would sing hymns. They would sing songs they picked up in church. They would sing common uh, songs, fun songs, maybe even songs they would sing uh, like um, drinking songs, you know, or whatever. But they, yeah, yeah, they would, they would sing these songs. And, Those are marches, that kind of thing. Yeah, right, right, right. They would sing these things. Uh, and then as, as it just, it was really the whole point was to bring up the vibration and bring harmony uh, amongst the group. It also serves as a distraction for the mind like the monkey mind. So if you are sitting there and singing, your, your mind is less apt to sort of drift off somewhere else. Um, and you, you know, it kind of focuses the group. Uh, but our group, 
uh, learned or we learned that our team preferred a kind of a kind of music which turned out to be kind of a um a rhythm and blues uh based kind of music so they really liked yeah they really liked um for for whatever reason and i don't think it's because they liked the music per se it was more about the timing and the the sonic quality of it uh the vibratory quality of it maybe uh but it, they preferred like zz top um, they prefer that kind of, yeah, sort of a rhythm and blues, um, heavy guitar, but not, not, not heavy metal or anything, but like a heavier guitar, drums, um, that kind of music. And they really, they use that. And then, of course, they use the music, the playlist, to time what they're going to do. So the music, as it turns out, is a means by which they can help time themselves in their experiments. So they run these experiments with us. And they use the music as a measure for the time in which those those experiments take place. So and the music is dark in, in this room. The, the the sans room is dark. Well, now we have. We were told to turn the red light on. So for, for okay, the last, but the, the beginning for long. Oh, time for sure, dark. the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. In the beginning, it was it was dark. It was it was it has to be pitch dark because um, we went the traditional route for sure. Okay, but but now the but the red you've been told you can have re- the red light on now, which is which is unusual, which is is progress for you. I think so. Yeah. So it seems in red light, you know, you're, at, you're it's a form of light that's not intrusive to the energetic or or ectoplasmic forms that they create, and so of course you can see in the red light. Um, our red light is is pretty bright. It goes up as it's up as high as it can go uh, for the red light that's in the room. Um, and like I said, we were given direction to do that um, and validation. You know, it wasn't just someone said, oh, yeah, let's just do that. It was it was, you know, because we were given very specific direction to do it. And so we did. So they're, they're really running the show. You guys are not running the show. The people not in bodies are the ones who are running it. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they really are. They're running the show. And that's it gives us a lot of confidence. Right. So before we had uh, we had Vicky. Uh, we still have Vicky. Vicky is the oracle. She's the one that they originally send would send uh, messages through. She's a very powerful mental medium, and so they would use her to send simple messages uh, that then the table or some other physical phenomena would take place in the room to validate what she said. So um, she would say something like, um, "You know, the team uh, wishes us, you know, are happy to see us," and um, and and would send her a simple message of like. Uh, you know, a group of people holding hands or some kind of metaphorical image of unity, right? Um, you know, five hearts intertwined or something along those lines. Um, and, and, and then we would have table wrapping or movement in the room to validate uh, her, her, uh, her message. So it wasn't as if uh, there was a mental medium telling us what was going on and we just sort of believed it blindly. There was always some kind of validation that went along with the messages. But now a, a ta- when you say table wrapping that the table would, would uh, a, a leg would lift and, and make a sound. Well, it, so they, the phenomena kind of worked uh, like this. We would have knocks uh, in the room uh, backs on the backs of, of the chairs underneath the chairs, but more typically on the table itself. Um, the table of course would rock and move. Um, for a while, we would have a question and answer session. This was a couple of years ago. We had a question and answer session for, for several months uh, where the table would move uh, in, in, to answer yes to a question and would stay still to represent no. So we were able to get uh, information from the other side. 
just because we decided to ask some questions. Um, but yeah, the, that's the, that was the general phenomenon. It was a lot of the table movement, tapping, rapping, movement of the table. There have been some, and it's on video um, on Craig's site. I don't know if, if, if the general public could see it, but of the table violently moving and like moving across the room. And this has happened uh, several times where the table has 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 been picked up, rocked back and forth so violently that it, it makes its way across the room uh, to the other side of the room. So uh, no, nobody's they, doing anything to it. It's just moving on its own. Oh, yeah. You can see it in the video where our hands are lightly on it. In fact, in the video, that's when I came out of the cabinet. I was out of the cabinet for one of them. And uh, they were using the energy that was in the room. And I lifted my hands off the table, you know, and the table's just rocking, rocking itself. It's it pretty, pretty dramatic, very, very dramatic. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's, it's, how many people are in your circle now? Well, now we have six. So we have Vicki, um, Craig, uh, Bree, who's our newest member. Um, and uh, she is a, uh, and she just turned 30. Um, Sally, who's been with us for quite a while. Uh, uh, and Alex, my son, um, Alex is, uh, is it, he is uh, emerged in the circle as, uh, as, as quite the amazing trans medium. He is, um, and, you know, it, it happened pretty dramatically. And they do most of their work in terms of communication now through Alex. I'll be in the cabinet, but Alex will be, uh, you know, when I come out of the cabinet, Alex will then, um, you know, go, he'll be in a trance and they will speak through Alex. And Alex is a very unassuming uh, 22 year old kid. I mean, he is, he is, um, you know, he's, he's a very analytical guy. You know, he is uh, an engineer. He's studying to be uh, an engineer. Uh, he is, you know, of course, growing up, you know, I've, I've, I introduced him to a lot of the sort of spiritualist ideas and whatnot. But um, the phenomena is is very self-evident around him. Um, and I could talk quite a while about Alex. And, uh, but sure he's, you must be yeah. so proud of him. I am. I'm amazingly proud of him. He, uh, it really came out of nowhere. And, and his mediumship is growing by uh, leaps and bounds. He has, he, has, um, he has become sort of a center focus for the team by which they use the energy of the room. And they move it through him. Where they used to move it through the table. Uh, they use Alex as a means to move the energy around the room to kind of help wow. create the, the constructs, the energy constructs that are needed to carry out the work. Because apparently there's a, there's a lot of work that's done, and as we would imagine, on the other side to help carry out the phenomena in the room. And, um, and he helps participate in that. And of course, uh, the, the team leader, Arthur, uh, this individual speaks through Alex and answers questions. Um, incidentally, Alex, um, well, this Arthur, uh, was, was a person who was introduced to us years before, you know, and Alex had no, I never told him about Arthur because it was a, it was a, a random occurrence in, in the seance room, but Arthur came through, uh, Vicky and, and sent messages through Vicky, which we had validation from the table knocking and rapping and moving. Um, so Arthur introduced himself years before Alex even came into the circle. And the when, when the individual would, when the individual emerged out of Alex to speak, it was, of course, Arthur. And Alex had no knowledge of Arthur prior to that. So that was pretty wild. This is amazing. Don't you think it's incredible? Yeah, it really is mind blowing. 
it's absolutely mind blowing. Um, you know, coming out of a circle at the end of the night, you know, you're just, then you're on about your regular business and you wonder yourself, wow, this, this stuff just happened. You know, this, this stuff is going on and there you off, you're off doing your normal everyday stuff. It's, oh my word. It is kind of, Alex, uh, had, Alex you had no, no in, uh, inclination, no, uh, the, not the slightest, uh, suspicion that he had these gifts before he started coming to your circle well he he demonstrate well of course you know raising alex he did demonstrate some some abilities but they he was it was not very pronounced at all you know um he didn't have he didn't demonstrate a lot of clairaudience um uh any kind of clairsentience that he would he would feel things or anything like that um but uh, there came a time in his life where it sort of just exploded. He he came to Circle. I had I had a notion. I met Bree. Okay, Bree's another Circle, a new Circle member. I met Bree. She had some mediumship experience, and I knew right away she'd be great for the Circle because you know, picking you know finding people for for the Circle is a very delicate process, and and yeah. you want it to work out. So, and at the same time, um, I I thought Alex might really enjoy being in the Circle. And I kind of had an intuition about it. Um, and I brought him, I brought him and, uh, and as well as Bree and, and they both uh, flourished in the circle. And Alex, his mediumship uh, exploded quite dramatically and moved very quickly. And um, it was a little frightening, honestly. It, it, it frightened me <laughs> because here, you know, it's my son and I have to, I feel very protective and I don't want him exposed to things that that he would, would that would move too fast for him or would take him on uh, a journey that he wasn't ready for because you know when i entered into the world of mediumship you know uh, it was in 2007 right i was older um and i had a little bit more experience and, and but you know when your children are involved it's a whole other oh, situation yes of course so i was a little i was a little um and I'm still, you know, I'm I'm still very protective of what's going on. But nothing, uh, nothing has happened uh, in 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 our our the, this iteration of the circle uh, that has prompted me to be too, um, you know, uh, hesitant of his, you know, involvement. So is he happy? Been, he must be delighted with what's happening in his life. This is a real enrichment for his just in his life this this experience yeah it's completely changed the way he sees himself how he sees the world um you know it is he was always very open and even though he was was analytical he was always a humanities kind of guy you know but it it has (laughs) affected his life very deeply because (laughs) they take control of his body they take control of his body and he was okay with that he he allowed it to happen um, and, and, you know, a lot of people, that's a huge hurdle, right? Oh, wow. Yes. You know, that's a huge hurdle. So he's, he's a, he does energy work, uh, in, in the circle. Uh, not only does he, does he do the trance work at, towards the end when Arthur comes through, but he also coordinates, um, some of the energy work that goes on. So if you talk to Sally or Vicky, um, sometimes during the seance, he will get up and he will he will move around the room, and he will do certain things. Um, uh, it's seemingly, and this it just seemed it's it's quite odd, really. Um, I'm in the cabinet, so I don't see a lot of it. But some of the stuff that he does is 
it seems like in what from what Arthur says, it's called it's attunement, right? So he he is attuning the sitters uh, to help facilitate the energy work of the group. So he's put his hands on the sitters, on their shoulders, on their head, and they reported feeling this energy just blasting through their bodies. Wow! Um, you know, uh, it's it's a, uh, and that's just the least of it, really. You know, he. Oh, I've neglected to mention before he went on to do the trance work, he was doing a lot of uh, automatic writing. It really began with the automatic writing. He was prompted to do that. I told him, you know, why don't you sit down and and have them uh, work that way? And so it progressed very quickly from automatic writing into uh, the trance work, the, the, the trance speaking. I would recommend that for people if they felt like they were in a good space and they knew who they were working with. Uh, to work first in automatic writing and then move then from there into uh, the the trance speaking or wherever the development might take them. But that that worked quite well for Alex. Who was it? Does he know who he was channeling when he was doing automatic writing? It was. Um, yeah. So he has. It, well, it was it was probably his. Well, yes, I, you know, I'll say yes. Um, it was an individual that works with him very closely on a day to day basis. And that individual's name is Samuels. So Samuels works with Alex on a day-to-day basis. He's the go-to guy. He's the guy who's with Alex um, quite a bit. Um, Arthur comes through during uh, the Sunday circle times and, and then we'll speak through. He's, he's really kind of the, the division um, leader. He's the manager. He's the guy who's, who's working behind the scenes um, to do a lot of the work. So Arthur's a super busy guy. Samuels is the go-to guy for Alex. Uh, he communicates with him. Uh, clairaudiently on a daily basis. So Alex's mediumship has grown quite a bit. Um, so he, his clairaudience emerged and he's communicating with, with Samuels. Um, and, uh, and Samuels, I, I've spoken with Samuels. Samuels is a really interesting guy. I, in fact, I prefer speaking with Samuels uh, than, than, rather than <laughs> Arthur. Samuels, yeah. Arthur is uh, a guest. I think he's a, he was a former NASA uh, scientist or worked at NASA, NASA engineer. Oh, um, my goodness. <laughs> but Samuels, and so that's really the, the group, our group, uh, the Masters of Light, are a group of um, like-minded uh, scientists is what they are, really. Scientists, engineers, um, and uh, they do have, they describe their, their group as having um, I think somewhere on the order of over a million people. Uh, the t- so it's not, re- it, so this isn't one as this team is one aspect of a greater collective over there on the other side that have right. devoted themselves to work with uh, circles on this side. So I, I think that's a pretty commonplace thing where you have. Very, extremely so. Yeah. yeah. They always work in huge collectives and, and a, a really astonishing numbers. Of, of people there work together this way. Um, it sometimes boggles the mind. We, we tend to think here, everybody's such an individual, but there they work in huge collectives. Huge collectives, right. Um, and they've given us, given us some insight as to how, um, you know, from their point of view, the, the afterlife works, right? And it kind of co- correlates with what, we all, what, we, what we've already learned quite a bit. What, what really shocked me though, was when Samuels and Arthur, they talked about, and I, this, and I didn't know this, or, you know, it came to a shock to me, that there's an issue on the other side with communication in terms of uh, uh, groups communicating with each other. They, that like, so 
someone's energetic expression, right, as they collect themselves into these these spheres or groups or whatever you want to call it, they are sometimes incompatible with with other groups. They're really not able to to. So if you die, you're on the other side. You can't just commune with whoever you want. Right. You you are in a you are in a space and that space might not be accessible and you might not be able to access other spaces necessarily. At least from from the point of view of of, uh, of Arthur and Samuels, from where they're at. So it's yes, their landscapes are vast, but but there are there are some serious obstacles to communication through these 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 various spheres that exist over there. Yeah, um, I don't fully understand that either. Um, but here you are working with scientists, um, and it may well be that they're that they all are scientists on some level and that may be necessary to be in their clique to, to some degree. And I guess I just don't, un, I don't, I, I don't, there's a lot I don't still understand. Part of what's fun about doing this work is that there is so much to try to understand. It's, it's not, um, it's not cut and dried by, by any, uh, to any extent, um, there's so much we really still don't know. For sure. But, uh, it's like the more you, the more you, you know, learn, it's like, it's like the old, you know, axiom or phrase or whatever it is. It's like, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know anything at all. The more you learn, the more you really need to learn more. That's right. Oh, yeah, it's so yeah. amazing. Yeah, for sure. But, but, but do you know why your, your circle has been so persistent? Because a lot of these, a lot of times they fall apart. What, what, what's the glue that's held yours together? I would say the glue that's held us together, not only is our determination, but the fact that Craig has had an open space to make this happen. He has been um, so generous with setting it up, being, you know, even he hasn't been sitting with us uh, for a little bit because of COVID. He was, a, you know, he he's yeah. waiting for the numbers to drop in, the, in, in, you know, in the county that he lives. And and I, you know, that's completely understandable. But despite that, he has everything ready for us. The room is all set up. The camera's all set up. He, you know, we record the, the seance sittings. Um, he will watch them afterwards uh, and, and uh, make note of things in the progress. So even even not sitting with us, he's circle leader. So I would say Craig is absolutely uh, the, the number one reason why his persistence, his determination um, to to see something evolve out of something that that uh, was put together, you know, many years ago. Um, and, and the fact that he could uh, he helps us, you know, you know, keep going. I mean, the, like you said, you, you know, you could join a circle and it just falls apart and it falls apart because um, the center won't hold. It's like the, the Yates poem, you know, the center cannot yes. hold, you know, things fall apart. So, but he is the center. And since he is strong with his determination, we all are, you know, we honor his work and um, it, and I would say that would be the reason, you know, his generosity and his, his persistence. Yeah, he certainly is persistent. <laughs> wow. No, that's really true. Now, talk, you keep mentioning your cabinet. Now, a lot of people are wondering, what is that all about? Talk about that. Well, the cabinet um, is not uh, necessary, but it is, it is something that a lot of people have used to, to help 
concentrate the development. Um, and I think, you know, people have made the argument that's not necessary. I, it is definitely necessary for us. Uh, so I sit in the cabinet. It's uh, there's a curtain. It's a wooden box. And, you know, you get inside it. Um, you, you pull the, the the curtains close and you sit in this in this nice, super comfy chair. Then I like to remind everybody I'm sitting in the comfy chair and they're sitting in these not so comfy chairs. So it's, it's pretty a sweet deal for me. So I sit in I, and they tease me endlessly. <laughs> because about it. You're, you're a physical medium, right? You're you're developing <laughs> as a physical medium. Yeah, exactly. So so in, in that for, for that, you, you really would like to get a concentrated um, dose of that, of the energy, right, that they're going to use to help tune you or however it is that they're doing it. So they, they essentially have this confined space, this cabinet, and they, and they do, they have, I believe, some kind of apparatus, energetic apparatus on the other side that they use to help facilitate the work. I, you know, they use, I mean, contrary to some people's ideas, perhaps, but they do use a lot of technology. There's a lot of technology on the other side that they utilize just beyond their understanding. So they utilize this technology and they, um, they will change, they change the, the physical medium uh, on a molecular level. They change everybody in, this, in the circle to, to their gifts, right? But the physical medium, they're going to change to help facilitate and build up this energy. Um, and they, they essentially pump energy into uh, the, 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 the physical medium in such a way that is really beyond our physics and understanding. So you can, you can kind of see it as like a reservoir of energy that's building and building and building and building. Um, and along with that, they're changing us physiologically, they're changing us energetically. And so uh, when they're able to do the work, they can, they can, the person is tuned properly. The old, the old way they used, they used, they would call them chemists. The chemists are doing the work. They're changing you. The chemists are changing you. You know, but it is it is this technology that changes you in every every way possible to help the physical medium facilitate the energy and the transformation of their own body into the material that is then used and exuded out to uh, form, um, you know, uh, shapes, uh, uh, masses, people. Um, and to do a various other miraculous things. So that's the purpose of the cabinet. It's really, um, I think it, it is, is necessary for the concentration of the energy. Um, they can do things in the cabinet and lock it down. Um, that stuff that is happening in the cabinet does not happen outside the cabinet. They can use it as an experimental space. It also has a psychological effect of being a safe space for the person who's being worked on. So again, maybe not necessary, but it kind of seems necessary to me. I mean, they, they've used the cabinet um, to, to, great, to, to a great degree in, 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 this, in, this, in my development specifically. We actually have two cabinets, one for Alex as well. So we have one for me and then, and then Craig built another for Alex because Alex will sit in the other cabinet periodically and they will use, um, they, they are doing sort of energetic uh, expressions with him. It's not, it's not ectoplasmic. But it's these. It's something else. They described it as um, uh, something more, um, le less, less of substance and, and really more energetic. I know we just don't have words for it. But they, Alex was um, in the cabinet in his cabinet, and um, Vicky was touched on her head. You know, a hand came out and, and sort of touched her head. It wasn't she an ectoplasmic hand. It, well, no. it wasn't. They described it as not being ectoplasmic. It was something else. And um, something that, that uh, was not so much uh, made up of the physical matter and energy of 
of Alex and, and the team, but rather some kind of energy construct that they created and then were able to, to manipulate and use wow. in the room. Wow, was, wow. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't quite know what that is, uh, but they were doing that work with him and they've done that a few times um, just to see what, they're very experimental. So Alex is, <laughs> Alex is very accessible when it comes to that kind of work. He, they're able to use his energy um, and use the energy of the group and move it through him to do some things. Um, for me, they wanted, they, they're moving towards um, the ectoplasmic manifestation. So just this last Sunday, they, were, they said they were able, although I wasn't aware, they said, uh, Arthur came through and said they were able to make something in the cabinet as a precursor to something they're going to move out of the cabinet and bring into the regular room. So they're, so, they so are, are you, first, let everyone understand ectoplasm is, is a, a kind of matter produced by the body of, of, of a physical medium in trance. And then it, that, that matter is used to make stuff. Yeah. <laughs> make, explain, please explain sure. it, Rob. The, I can't explain that, it as well as you can. Yeah, this is, uh, so Arthur explained, or Samuel, and I, I, I had a conversation one or the other, um, and they, they described it as an atomization of the body, like they will, they will, they will take um, uh, physical material out of, because people have said, oh, it's, you know, it comes from here, it does this, or it's made up of specifically that. It looks like it could be made up of more than just the fluid of the body. It is, could be made up of the materials of the physical medium, like their physical body is transformed and, and coalesced into this other substance. It's not just say like, you know, mucus out of the body that's been energized, you know, and by, by the team. It's something else. It's more like transmutation of the physical body in, in conjunction with the, the energy that has been built up and used by the team to animate this matter in, 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 in such a way that it can cover um, spirit bodies that are in the room or cover whatever yeah. it is that they're going to cover or do whatever they want to do, lift things, move things. They can use them, you know, as kind of tools. But I think the goal here is to uh, manifest, they've said it, the goal is to manifest full, fully formed bodies. They want to create, uh, using the, the, the ectoplasmic material to create, um, you know, cover probably spirit bodies so that, uh, you know, you have a fully formed, um, uh, what would look like a human being, or wow. at the very least forms in the room. So that's their goal. And, and ectoplasm, I think is, is, um, you know, a catch all term for this stuff that's used. But I think it's, there's a lot more going on with this ectoplasm than we've been led to believe it is, I think, composed of can be composed of loose material in the body, you know, fluid or whatever, but it's, it, 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 I think it's more than likely composed of the, like a transmutated um, physical material of the person themselves. Like, you know, you're taking matter from my body and turning it into something else and then returning it to its, to its regular state, but in such a way that, uh, you know, is not necessarily dangerous to the medium. Um, and I'm not saying, you, you know, the person disappears and all of a sudden there's a pe another, you know, group of people in the room and they're made up of, you know, uh, a human beings, uh, atoms. It's not like that. It's, it's not that dramatic, but I believe that there's more going on with the ectoplasm 
um, and, and what, what it actually is than we've been led to believe. If that makes any sense. I, I don't know if that makes much sense to our listeners, but I, I'm doing my best. <laughs> well, it's just it's kind of amazing. So you actually do go into trance in the cabinet. Yes. So not all the time. So sometimes uh, I am I am uh, in, a, in a lighter trance, but sometimes I'm completely out. And when I'm out, you know, I don't know that I'm out because I'm you know, it's like anesthesia. You, you know, you, you just yeah. you kind of come back to um, reality and, you know, you realize there's some kind of missing time. Um, so that, you know, it depends on what they're doing. Um, I also believe, too, that, that when they're removing when they're moving the material out of the body, to do some of this early ectoplasmic work, um, you don't necessarily have to be in a deep trance. Uh, I believe because they they open up your mouth, you, you know, you can feel movement. You can, but it's not like um, dense material coming up out of your throat. Okay, it's so it's I I believe in some of their experiments. It's for it's been more vaporous. It's been far more subtle. Um, but, you know, in, in other occasions, you know, you could li- you can feel uh, material coming out of the nasal passages. That's that's where you can really feel it. Um, uh, yeah. So that that's a and that's a weird feeling. Um, yes. But yes. <laughs> yeah. Their, their goal, again, is, is, you know, we'll see where it goes because we're getting we're getting to a point here where it looks like they're going to be doing um, the ectoplasmic work. Uh, outside the cabinet, so we're going to get get to see get some real um, good uh, looks at what they're doing. You know the kinds of forms they're going to be making or whatever it is that they're up to. They'll probably be um, you know modest, and then they'll move into something you know whatever they can do. It's it's all very experimental. Quite fascinating. Very, uh, he's quite Rob. <laughs> I have to tell you that Craig is quite excited about what you all are doing, but he, I'm sure you know that. I'm sure he talks to you about that. But um, I called him and I said, you know, hey, uh, I'm, I'm having Rob as my guest. He said, oh, he was quite excited about that. Um, very happy about it. And uh, wanted to tell me about how, how pleased he was about what you all were up to. It's, it's uh, very it's- exciting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a, it's, it's been a wild ride. Um, you know, it, for a long time, there was very, for years, there was very little that was happening. And like you said, it's, it's been very progressive, moving very progressively in the last, you know, seven, eight years, um, moving from, you know, the table, uh, tipping, I guess people would call it, uh, the, the, the wraps, the, the taps, the, the movement of the table, moving on into, um, you know, the more dramatic stuff that is happening, uh, the trance work, the ectoplasmic work. I'm really looking forward to real, like really good evidence of what they're doing in the cabinet. You know, I can feel it, I'm out. Um, there are things that people have uh, mentioned before, luminous uh, pool of, of light on the ground, you know, a former sitter once noted, you know, there are things that happen, um, at, but I, I'm really looking forward to some serious Uh, evidence of the work that they're doing yeah craig said that they're basically using you all as an experiment which kind of is it's kind of fun to think of of beings not in not in bodies using you as an experiment um to see just what's possible and basically showing that that almost anybody who is willing to devote themselves to to doing what you're doing could could do what you're doing um he's 
he's very proud that you're you're devoting yourselves to this. I, I I think you should know that. I mean, he's so proud of you and Alex and your whole group. Yeah, we're we're uh, we're just. I mean, we're we're proud of of uh, of have. Well, I should say we're honored to have the opportunity to to work with the team. You know, it's 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 um it just it displaces your sense of reality when you're working in in a development circle and where, where these these experiences you have become commonplace within that, the confines of that circle. And uh, we're just, you know, we're, we're very, uh, we're very humble and very honored to, to work with the team, which, you know, they, they have no, they don't have any pretense towards constructs or any kinds of, you know, religious imagery or anything like that. They're, no. they're, just, they're very plainly spoken. They, 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 they uh, have taken their time uh, emerging uh, in their communication and they, and they use the tools that they have. Like you said, you know, when people are devoted, um, you know, anybody can, can develop to their yes. own gifts, you know, and, and, um, and Craig is, is an amazing individual. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to when he can come back and sit as soon as some of these COVID cases drop uh, that he feels comfortable to sit again in the circle. Cause we really miss him. We really miss having him there. He's upstairs, you know, he'll be upstairs and then he leaves uh, to, you know, while we work, but he reviews the material afterwards. But yeah, we're, we're very proud of our, of, of our progress. And we, I mean, it wouldn't be possible without his uh, patronage and his, and his devotion and his support, obviously. But Rob, to have people not in bodies trust you enough to do with you what they're doing to me is the highest accolade anybody could be paid. People not in bodies trust you and trust your goodwill. That's no one could be given greater praise than that. Just, just saying. Yeah. That, thank you very much. That's, you know, we, um, like I said, we're, <laughs> we're very honored to, to work with them. And we tell them that in our invocation at the beginning, you know, we do a invocation. We go around uh, to start the circle off. We, light a lantern, which is a symbol for the masters of light, which is the symbol they gave us. So we light a lantern, um, a candle inside like sort of a glass lantern case. And we, and we invoke the team and, and we tell them how, um, you know, we, we love them and we appreciate yeah. their work. You know, they work with us outside the circle. Um, you know, it's not just circle time. They, they work with us uh, on a daily, the relationship runs very deep. They are, they protect us, you know, Here's an aspect of physical mediumship or development circles in general. You know, there is, um, you know, not everything is all, uh, you know, roses and happiness on the other side, as you know. And and, uh, there are elements that don't like what we're doing. And um, there are, you know, not to be spooky or scary, but there are there are opposing forces. And we've had to deal with some of that. Uh, and and when we ally ourselves with the team and their goals, those you know those that are not in line with those goals, you know, on the other side, will you know can potentially um, you know affect us in our lives. If we weren't protected by the team, if we weren't uh, watched over and worked with, um, again, not to scare anybody or anything, but. But, uh, you know, we might find ourselves in a little bit of trouble because they are tuning us 
in such a way um, that uh, makes us, you know, maybe delicious little snacks for parasites out there, you know? And uh, so they protect us. And I'm very happy that they do because this kind of work does come with some danger. So for people that are looking into, and again, I don't mean to scare anybody, but this is the reality of it. You know, looking into getting getting into developmental work, getting into circles, um, they have to begin to understand and know themselves. They have to, uh, you know, take a look at what's going on in their lives. They have to kind of see where their weaknesses are. They have to kind of know thyself, as the oracle would say, right? The oracle Delphi, you know, know know thyself, and and in so doing, they can help discern the energies that are around them because we become very tuned to what's moving around us all the time. And we go out into the public. There's a lot of things that are swirling around out there and you can begin to feel this. So when you're being tuned by a team, which seems to be the thing that they do when they work with people, you have to be able to discern your energy from energy that is not your own. Um, and so that you, you know, you, you, your environment stays uh, safe. Um, and, uh, that's something that they've helped us to do. You know, we've all had our own experiences and that, that have not been very pleasant, uh, not, you know, and, and not because we're not because the team allowed it. It's just because that's just how things go and, uh, not in the Sunday circle. Our experiences have always been uh, positive, but, you know, out in the world, you know, things aren't always uh, so wonderful. So when you, uh, tune into the spirit world and are used as mediums, uh, there are, you know, potential dangers that one must be careful about. And, um, and you, no one should take that very lightly. And, and again, knowing yourself, knowing the energy that's in your environment, um, asking your team for help. People say, oh, my guides helped me, my team helped me. Great. You know, getting that help for protection um, goes a long way. So, you know, we are an experiment, but we are we are a guarded, you know, carefully guarded experiment, right? They protect I'm sure, us. I'm sure you're very precious to the very to very powerful beings, and I'm sure you're under very careful protection. I know Craig is. Absolutely, absolutely. I don't know if other guests have talked about that kind of thing uh, before, Roberta. Um, I know you've had guests that talked about attachments and those kinds of things, but yeah. I, and I know you're aware of what I'm talking about. This I'm the sure. sorts of dangers to you know in working in mediumship. So, yeah, no, I I, I I'm sure you're being very very carefully cared for, but thank you for the work you're doing, Rob. It's very very important. Oh, I'm I, so sorry we've come to the end of our time. Oh my goodness! In fact, we're going to run over. But I'm so we're going to have you back again in a few months because I just have to watch what you're doing. This is so exciting to me watching this. Finally, I mean, I remember when he started this work and it's finally coming to fruition. It's so, so exciting. Yes. You, yeah. Thank you. Robert. I appreciate being great. on. Um, it's 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 a, always a pleasure and an honor to be on. And I think we're moving into some uh, really wonderful territory with the circle. Very exciting. Big hug. Bless you.
And everybody, we have finally come to the end of our time. And I'm so sorry about that because I'm enjoying this so much. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. I'm so happy you were with us today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really get what all that means, it's going to change everything in your life for the better. Next week, our guest is going to be, oh, this is so much so much fun. Mark Gober. He started out, he'll be here for the fifth time. He started out all buttoned up Wall Streeter, but he's gotten zanier and zanier. He started with his first book and end upside down thinking. And he's, he's blown a hole right through everything. His first book was about um, getting rid of, of all the old scientific notions about consciousness. Now we're going to be talking about extraterrestrials, for heaven's sake. Mark is right about everything. And this is going to be an end to upside down contact. And this is off my playing field completely, but I'm game. And I think you are too. This is going to be fun. And we've been talking with Rob Blackburn. I am excited about what Craig's people finally are accomplishing with physical mediumship. This development circle, which is called the Circle of the Masters of Light, is finally accomplishing some things that were accomplished a hundred plus years ago. So we're going to follow Rob and, and, and their circle a much more closely from now on. And we'll have Rob back again soon. And actually we've, we've completely come to the end of our time. You know what my books are and, um, they're available, of course, in all the usual forms. You can get them at Amazon. They're available in audiobooks and so on. If you want to talk about any of my books, or if you want to talk about anything at all, you can always contact me through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I answer my emails. Just make sure that you get give me um, your correct address so that I can get back to you. Past episodes of Seek Reality are available just wherever podcasts can be found. Or just listen every week through the Seek Reality app that you can find for free wherever you can find apps just about anywhere. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you, you are a powerful eternal being and you most of all in the entire universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.